politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Welcome to Bottoms Up Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Bottoms up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Here we are at episode 48. So you take a president, number 45, and you add three, <laughs> being the third impeached, we get 48. Uh, I have... Uh taken to putting number three in parentheses after his name on everything that I'm posting right now. Absolutely. He's earned it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing three peach emojis. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes, here we are again, episode 48, and across from me as usual is my friend Blato. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. To my Why right I be? is Nobs. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Feeling good. How are you? And uh, Blotto, we have a special guest. Uh, sure, I'll introduce him. Uh, it's uh, someone that uh, I used to uh, work with. His name is uh, Tinny. Um, and um, uh, we, uh, we became kind of Facebook friends after uh, I was sort of unceremoniously bounced out of that job. <laughs> <laughs> There's good stories in that. Um, and uh, Tinny, uh, you, you know, you can correct the record if you want, but I think we became Facebook friends after you unceremoniously got bounced out of that <laughs> company as well. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm glad to be here. And, I, uh, yeah. and so uh, I, I asked uh, Tinny to be on the program because, and we're going to get into this, especially with the impeachment, but some of the other topics, is, uh, Tinny, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you... I wouldn't consider you or would have never thought of you as being very progressive or liberal in your political ideology. Um, is that is that fair to say that? Sure. So, so, but but when we connected through Facebook, um, you know, I I kind of saw that you were a person that saw the reality of what was going on. That's that's that that was my take on your perspective and. Um, you know, being from conservative background, conservative religious ideology, I think you still saw things in their whole cloth. And that's why I thought it'd be really interesting to have you on Pottoms Up. So we'll get into that um, as we go along. Um, is, that, is that fair to say? I don't want to... No, you're perfectly online. Okay. In line with it. Uh, but before we get into uh, serious matters... We always have uh, the beer to get into. Is yes. that not serious? Nah, you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, I counted up the beers. Okay. This, this is 94. Oh, getting close. This is 94. Closing so including the, the .5 episodes, the vodka episode, uh, the four beer big brouhaha mm -hmm. episode, all things combined, uh, we've done 93 beer reviews. You know, I was tempted to go, how many Michigan beers? But we've done non-Michigan beers. Yeah, here for, and there. You know, yeah. and, and too many to just discount, right? 
because I was going to like drop the first episode because you know that's what we had with it. What, 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 that's what you had in your fridge. Yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> it was a Sam Adams or something else. And a voodoo. Um, uh, voodoo what, ranger or something. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. Uh, so uh, I, I think when you know we, we're getting close to a hundred beers, and and that should mark an anniversary for us. So we are at 90, 94 today, later on, 95. Uh, Fred was the procurer of the beverages today. So what do you got, Fred? Well, we have a Right Brain Brewery, beer from Traverse City, Michigan. It's called CEO Stout, Chocolate, Espresso, and Oatmeal Stout. And the reason I actually grabbed this, because I, I saw the CEO thing, I knew we were having Tinny on the show, and I knew you guys were both from the same corporate world entity at some point. He's, so, he, he's more CEO than I am. I'm, well, I'm kind of the... Not, well, the CEO part was yeah. just business and big corporation <laughs> business. You both came from the same company at some point before you both went your so, separate He's got ways. a CEO voice. Yes, he <laughs> do. So that's why I grabbed this. Uh, it is a stout... Um, what other interesting things? A bit of mad science, a little sorcery, and a lot of love. We shall see. <laughs> um, right Brain always does a lot of different flavors, a lot of crazy things. Their motto is keep beer curious. Um, you know, I, I think it, uh, um, I think they, they live by that, mm -hmm. you know. Also brewed with real coffee beans, because sometimes the coffee flavor can be infused, um, and, you know, this probably also has a caffeine kick to it. Uh, but surprisingly, as stouts go and as some of these strong stouts go, it's pretty uh, pretty low ABV by stout yeah. uh, standards at 5.5, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So Just above a sister kiss stout. Um Mm. I can I can smell the coffee. Coffee, big time. Yeah, yeah. In the that, sm uh, that actually smells like coffee, and it smells nice. It, it doesn't smell sweet. It smells mm -hmm. like coffee. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not getting I'm, I'm getting a lot of coffee. That's coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting as much chocolate. Nope. <clears throat> what um, oatmeal? Is there any oatmeal in there? I, I, see, like this is where I wish my taste buds were better. You know, I just don't think. That even after 93 beers, I have developed the taste that I want. Speaking of 93 beers, on the wall, when nope. we hit 100, are we going <laughs> to have to sing that song? Yeah. I was just, <laughs> oh god, we're going to have to sing that song. That'll be our introduction mm. all the way through, 100 uh, to zero. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, you weren't interrupting anything. I'm still <laughs> tasting the beer, and I'm I'm trying to decide. Um, where it lands, uh, so so Tinny, the way we rate beers um, is we rate them either for me or not for me. So, you know, probably everyone likes one beer out there or another, right? So it, you may think it's a bad beer, but that just means it's not for you, you know? Right. So we do for me, not for me, and then we have a middle of the road and meh, which kind of means like it's not bad, but you wouldn't order it again. Sure. You know? So that's kind of what, what our rating system is. Um, and uh, I right now, my opinion is I wish they wouldn't have talked about the other flavors. If they just talked about this as a coffee stout, I think I would like it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going still, more I'm meh. Not, I'm still not getting any chocolate or oatmeal. I'm just getting straight That's up what coffee. I mean, right. And if it was listed as a, as a, as a coffee stout, I, yep. I think, okay, delivering, right? You know, Ops? Not for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't like coffee to begin with. Oh, so <laughs> yes, just to be yeah. punched in the face constantly <laughs> by chocolate or by coffee is mm. not going to do it for yeah. me. Uh, and it's not even balanced out by the chocolate or oatmeal, like you said. So, so more chocolate or oatmeal might might get you there. Yeah, it might slip into the mac category then. But yeah, I would never order it. Yeah, Timmy, not for me. I um, I I agree with. I concur with everybody. I say this is not a. Uh, I feel it's just all I taste is coffee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you so, a coffee drinker? No, I haven't drank coffee in 30 years. <clears throat> I drink tea, being Indian. So, uh, but um, in saying that, you're right. I don't see the oatmeal. I don't taste the uh, the chocolate. Uh, but also, I mean, it has it doesn't have a bad flavor in the initial taste. But the minute you sit there and let it linger after you have sipped it. It has a heavy bitter undertone. There is a bitter aftertaste. And I that agree. I don't yeah. appreciate. So, yeah. uh, but for that basis, I not for me. Yeah, the, the, it doesn't do the clean finish. No. Yeah, Fred. Well, when I saw the chocolate and oatmeal, I, I never like when the beer comes across as being sweet. Right. So actually, I'm going to kind of go against the tide. I, I kind of like it that it's based more on the coffee and away from sweet. So I, I, I would say for right now, it's for me. I mean, And bitter doesn't bother you. No, no I, I, I'm a coffee drinker. I drink coffee every morning. And You're I, a coffee drinker. You also like bitter hoppy beers, so the bitter doesn't bother you. Yeah, this doesn't bother me at all. This is definitely in my wheelhouse, and I'm glad the sweetness is not there from a personal standpoint. So for right now, I think it's going to be for me, but I'll do the half-glass test and... We'll check in later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to reserve judgment until I get through it. Like I said, my I, I know my initial complaint was just that it, um, it, it should be just listed as a coffee beer. You know? yeah. Subtle notes of chocolate <laughs> and, um, and oatmeal. Subtle yeah. to missing. <laughs> <laughs> oatmeal especially. I don't, I, I'm not <laughs> seeing any oatmeal. <laughs> no. You should say no chocolate oatmeal. Chocolate oatmeal, good luck finding it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're talking chocolate, maybe it's a caco at ninety percent. That kind of chocolate, bitter. You, you know, they w- they yeah, would be better off saying like a dark chocolate because then you're not getting that sure. sweet chocolate, right? Right. So seventy-two percent is where I found that. That's your breaking my, point. My no, my sweet spot. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, pun intended, I suppose. But I've been doing a lot of different dark chocolate uh, candy bars and. Uh, 86 gets a little bit, you know, like, why am I, do, why am I eating this, you know? But 72 seems to be the number for me. Not 73, though. I don't, I haven't seen, found one 73. Oh, okay. I so think you don't know. 70, true. 73 could be it. 74 and a half yeah. might be the one. I don't know. <laughs> Keep trying. All right. Well, uh, how do you want to start this week, uh, Fred? We want to start with the big, the big one, right? Oh yeah, we have to. I think uh, by law we have to. I mean, it's what we've been talking about for many months. You know, impeached. How about a bottoms up on that? Yep. <clears throat> Cheers. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. <clears throat> yep. Although I will say, and it's about time. And, and I know well about time. I will say when I was watching the debates and then I watched the vote and whatnot. I got to agree with a lot of Democrats, and I got to believe that a lot of them are very sincere. That said, this is not a time to celebrate. You know, and and we all wanted Trump to be better than what we thought we were going to get, and he didn't step up, 
and that's where we're at, right? I don't take he any. He couldn't step up. Well, yeah. He just I doesn't have it in his DNA. I, I, I well, didn't he's got take. Bone spurs. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <hurts. laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I, you know, we did our little toast there, but it's really not celebratory, right? No. I mean, it's it's really not a good thing for America to have to impeach a president. It's not celebratory. It's a finally a little bit a little bit of accountability. Yes. I think I, I'm raising my glass f- that they're finally making him be a little bit accountable, probably for the first time in his life. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, even like when we, we watched the vote on TV, you know, I always pictured I'd be up dancing a jig or something, you know. <laughs> we just sat there and watched what happened and said, finally, a little bit of accountability. And that's kind of where it sat. I was uh, listening to Michael Moore on the TV last night, and he was in the gallery. Okay. And he said that something that TV didn't pick up was after she brought down the gavel on the vote, there was like a moan or a gasp coming from the Republican side of the room. I saw that. And, 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 and he said it was unlike anything he's ever heard before. Like, like there was a, uh, you know, a, a, a finale to what had just happened, right? And, um, uh, you know, but again, he wasn't celebrating. You know, even a guy like Michael Moore, he just knew that this is what, something that he wanted done, but not because you want it done because it's, it's, it's great for the country. That's hor- it's great for the Constitution, but bad for the country. Agree. Regardless of great for the Constitution. Well, regardless played. of the party who's in charge, it it it's not good for the country because it means there's been a, a massive failure in our chief executive, right? Mm-hmm. But it's good for the Constitution because they needed to do it. Yeah. At some point, they probably should have done it a long time ago, but it needed to be done. So now the question that everyone's asking is, what is next? Right. That's that. That's that's where we're at right now. I mean, I don't think any of us believe that removal was eminent or possible, or or possible even. Right. Um, I, I mean, there's you know, there's, there's like this little thing out there, kind of you know, on the far left side of your brain, <laughs> saying, just maybe, just maybe some Republican senators will, you know, you know reach deep into their soul and, 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 and do what's right. But we don't really believe that. No. Uh, so now we're at this, is it, is it a stalemate, would you call it? No, I think that uh, two things. I, I think, and again, I don't know when uh, Pelosi decided to hold on to this because of the article that was written mm-hmm. uh, that came out of Christianity Today, who actually agreed to removal from a right, well, right side conservative magazine that's predominant in the Christian the evangelical mm-hmm. uh, to read it with 130,000 subscribers plus and founded by Billy Graham. So when you have, uh, when that occurred, and I don't know after that, is that when Pelosi announced that they're going to hold it or during that time? And the reason I'm asking is because I think that uh, uh, there could be some hope that he may be removed from the fact that there are still things occurring um, 
<laughs> on a yeah. continuous basis on the news. Uh, there are things that are being uncovered and unveiled and being supported by Christian groups like, or the magazines like Christianity Today, because now the conservatives who have been supporting Trump on, on the levels and uh, of, uh, of the GOP view, um, I think that this could be turning points for some of the Republicans in the GOP who are all for Trump may have a, uh, some conscience that might be touched based upon what just occurred. Well, there's, you know, the, the early polling out there says that 70% of the people believe that there ought to be a fair trial with real witnesses. To, to, to your question as to whether or not, I, 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 I don't know how much the Christianity Today article played in Pelosi's mind. I think it came out afterwards. But she didn't really even say what her plan was. So now, does that crack, does that fissure with the Trump party and some fraction of the base of the Christian um, right that has held him up, does that start to play into her mind saying, if that, if that widens, mm-hmm. right, if that widens, if I, if I hold on to these articles long enough and that, because, you know, sadly, I mean, let's, let's just be completely honest about what happens here. And, you know, this is where I would say oftentimes both parties are very similar. Politicians are acting on their behalf to get reelected. I mean, these are good jobs, <laughs> you know. And, yes, there were 17, whatever it was, Democrats that are in tough districts that voted for impeachment, so I give them credit. They may not get reelected. Some portion of them will definitely not get reelected, you know. And then there was the guy that defected, you know. But, um, you know, if if that particular base starts to erode, um, does it come into play, you know. I think in many ways a, a larger influence is um, just whether or not they believe the Republican Party will still be standing at the end of this, you know. And we always look at historical examples. And one way or another, there'll be a conservative party. I mean, I I, I was arguing with some folks today about is there a Republican Party? I was making the case today again that there is no Republican Party. It's the party of Trump. And he he has commandeered it, and that's what it is. And, you know, never Trumpers, okay, there's there's some out there. I mean, he has, what, 87 to 90% approval rating, 85 to 87% approval rating with Republicans. So now you've got 13% out there that are the never-Trumpers but still calling themselves Republicans. That's a pretty small sliver in the world of politics, right? I mean, anything over 50%, you know, usually sends people running down the halls with their hair on fire. So when you have 87%, to me, that says most Republicans are still behind Trump. But a large piece of that is that Christian base that you mentioned, Tinny. And I I, I wonder if things like that are going to start to, to, to weigh in politically, right? I mean, Pelosi's is, is, she's a boss. She plays things as well as she can with the power that she has, which isn't a ton. 
I mean, she's got the power of the house, but she's missing two other pieces of, of power there. The other thing that you mentioned was there are things that could come out. So, you know, you know, is she holding back articles saying, let's see how this thing with Pence resolves itself, right? Schiff's looking, trying to get something declassified that Pence has called uh, classified that shouldn't be on the, uh, regarding the, the call. And, uh, you know, if this judge rules, or I should say the judge already ruled against McGahn, but if the Supreme Court comes in with a with a, a, a quick opinion uh, on the McGahn case, do they go to Bolton and try and put him in front of a committee, whether it's tied directly to impeachment or not? So there could be some things still in play here that warrant the holding of the articles. And as I said, 70% of Americans do want a fair trial. Um, but without having some real pressure, senators will not react to that 70%. That's where the media gets it wrong. They're, they're making it seem like the 70% is a big deal. 90% of the people want more stringent background checks for gun control. Senators aren't moving. You, you, know, you, know, you know, popular by popular demand doesn't equate to Washington moving, <laughs> which is sad, right? I mean, you know, so I, I don't know how that 70% number would sway anybody. Well, I think that a uh, couple things. <clears throat> you know, if you notice in the earlier stages before even impeachment, the senators who were retiring are the ones who spoke out against mm -hmm. their dis uh, disapproval in the yep. GOP against Trump. But those are the people leaving the office. Now you have people there who have who are, have held their office, their stand. But then you have two people. And by the way, before uh, just to let everybody know in the audience, I was a Republican before this election. You're not the only one here. So uh, you know, <laughs> just to let you know, and then uh, and now I became an independent voter since the election itself. But some of us saw the light during the uh, during the run, and we knew what we were getting into, and we decided that's why we jumped ship and where I became independent. So going back to uh, the, the GOP, and I think it, it'll depend on either party. Uh, I can say this will fit either party, depending upon uh, uh, who's being impeached now. But uh, but these guys, you know, I had a lot of respect for Lindsey Graham uh, back in the day where he was a somewhat moderate conservative, where mm -hmm. his views, even during the impeachment of Clinton and, uh, and therefore in moving forward, I kind of respected the guy, and uh, and uh, just as much as I respected McCain in those days. But now, there's a, a complete uh, shadow of what they were uh, to what they've become. And now you have Mitch McConnell running the House, and you have Trump threatening uh, the way he threatens not just the Democrats, but also his own GOP people. They're all scared. They're more afraid of losing their seat than looking at the conscience of what's ethical, constitutional, and the laws have been broken, but I think in the recent events that occurred with Christians and what's happening today in the news, um, we're hoping that some of this will get to their conscience more than worry about the political seat, because if you weigh out, and if they do it the right way and weigh out their conscience and saying, listen, I'm doing this for the best of the country, they may still have their seat saved, you know, because they actually acted upon the right uh, the right format to make a decision instead well, of Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the hope. It, yeah. It's funny, I'm, I'm, when, when you mentioned that, I'm trying to think back 
during the Obama years what my impression of Lindsey Graham was. I mean, certainly Trump has brought out a larger political side of me that, you, you know, wasn't there as much, right? But it was still there. I mean, I've, I've, I've always been somewhat interested in politics, but what's occurred since 2016 has, you know, made that um, even even more so. What was my opinion of Lindsey Graham back yeah. What was my opinion of not Republican people that I knew, not people like you or other people that I work with or friends, you know, because there's always respect there. I'm trying to think, what was my real opinion of Republicans back during, you know, the Obama years and during you, the Bush Were you a Republican no, during I, that I, time? I, no, I... I and and really, I mean, it's, it sounds cliche. I really don't like labels. Yeah. I, I, I just I just find labels... Um, uh, pointless, you know. But if you you answer part of the question that you just asked yourself, what you thought about that during the Obama years, during the Obama years, nothing like this occurred. Correct. How right. you, I didn't have how, to think about can you, Lindsey how, Graham. How, how I didn't have to think, think about, about Lindsey Graham, even though the Republicans <laughs> at that time. Great. Right. That's exactly well, well, right. Well, if you think about it, even back then during the Obama years, Republican-run government, House and and Senate. <clears throat> All wanted to impeach Obama for something. There was a <laughs> yeah. list of stuff. Just particularly, they wore a wrong suit, a tan suit. Yeah, the tan, suit. Tan, tan, tan suit. tan suit. Oh, no. Whatever they wanted to impeach him for. But the thing is, it didn't come to the point where you remembered where anything stood out from a Republican side that they were so angry at, uh, or even the Democratic, both parties, that reminded you of anything that was uh, unforgettable. Today, you remember every word from day one. Of this, of of what this man has been running this country, his speeches and all these things and the rhetoric that he has created, and some of the policies and I the mean, policies, but you, you also know. seen now the true hearts of the supporters, yeah. of what really was buried inside and what the what they would give up their constitution uh, to save their seat instead of the law. So, like you said. You don't remember. Well, because there was nothing Because I didn't think about it. That's exactly right. No, that's that, that's yeah. a really, really good point. I mean, I, I know I didn't like Trey Gowdy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly there was always a, know, a level of respect. But, but let me ask you this, though. Let me challenge it in this way, too, though. Um, because of that, I don't want to call it indifference, Right, but maybe because of that respect that we felt was garnered towards people like Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell or Trent Lott or you know whoever we're talking about, did that help enable them to ultimately then create the monster that came out as Trump? I mean, I do believe that Trump is a product of of extreme conservatism. Not in the real world, not in the real word of conservatism, like you know, uh, you know, physical responsibility conservatism, right? But in in terms of uh, fear mongering and 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 hate building and all of those things, I gotta believe that what they were doing with dog whistling before created Trump, and now we want to say, well, you know, they weren't that bad then, but. You know, the Trump is a byproduct of that. He really is. Well, you got to go back and think of this too. So before he ran as a Republican, where was Trump? What did he support? I mean, Mostly Democrats. Yeah. 
So he was more of a Democratic supporter. Yeah. And but he didn't make that decision to run as Republican until he found out that he had an opening mm-hmm. that he can walk in and into the GOP and now become a conservative Republican, which he is way beyond that point. He is not a conservative. There's I would nothing conservative. There's nothing conservative Correct. about this, this man. Yeah. So uh, so he has everyone fooled. He doesn't, it's not about the Republicans. The Republicans, I believe, are stuck with the decision they supported from in 2015 to support this man, and now they've got to follow it through, or they're going to look like, well, asses. And, uh, and themselves, if I could say that on air. Uh, but, uh, fuck yes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I was, Sorry. I'll be a Howard Stern I just here. <laughs> but, uh, uh, we, we occasionally get a little okay. saucy on the show. So, <laughs> so, so the issue is, uh, it's not a byproduct of what the Republicans created. This is what they got. This was already there. This is the character he had already had for years. If you look at his public life before he became a politician, which he claims he's not, which he is, but he was the same man then, and he's the same man today. So how you, you touched on something there. How much do you think in politics is driven by ego? Personal ego, not 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 Trump's ego. We know about that, but you, like you said, guys supported him, and now they're stuck with him, and they don't know where to go, right? Because nobody likes to ever admit they're wrong. Okay. I mean, that, that's that's just human nature. And you know, I just keep trying to make the case. Hey, 63, 63 million people picked the wrong president. Let's pick a new one and move on, right? I mean, let's. I'm not the guy that picked him, so it's easy for me to put my ego aside, right, and say, hey, everyone else screwed up on this. But I do believe, and I've always said, that ego drives so much of people's attitudes. You know, it's why people have cognitive dissonance about facts, because it doesn't fit what they had in their agenda to begin with. And it's tough. It's tough to swallow your ego, you know. And so I, I think your point was was right on there. Um well, I think that uh, the 63 million that voted for him, but you have to understand when he was running and people were about before the polls opened up, and I have a lot of friends who voted for him, people I know, and I asked them, they said, you know, the biggest thing was, hey, he's a guy who you can sit and have a beer with, and uh, he's not a politician. And I'm, I'm sorry, but based upon what I know, the history of the man and known his career and what he's done and, and what he's destroyed and or achieved, um, I made my own assessment knowing that uh, the things that he was promising during the election and the people who wanted to hear what they wanted to hear to vote for him, uh, he had them fooled. And that's, he had a lot of people fooled uh, because he, had, he did execute on any of those promises except for maybe a couple of things. But in order to, I think, promote himself with his ego, going back to the ego, look at all the executive orders he's written. Those executive orders were based on ego because he can stand Obama. And he couldn't get him through he Congress. Get, he couldn't get him through Congress right. on a Republican House right. before the Senate was only taken over a year and a half ago right. by, by senators, the uh, senator-controlled House. So now he's, he, his own party didn't even support him enough to move these bills and said he went executive order. And, so, I mean, we're, it's kind of history now, but look at the way that, you know, Republicans freaked out when Obama said, I got a pen and a phone. Yeah. And, you know, he was going to do things by executive order. And, you know, now that's okay. It's out of peep. And same thing goes. And, again, it's uh, that's so when you talk about ego, I think part of that ego is the way he played everyone. I think the way he, uh, I think think he was proud that he 
played and got uh, became president. Did he really wanted to win? Or did he think he was going to win? I wasn't. I don't know how to answer that one because I uh, I've heard people say I don't think he really thought that he would win this election at all. I don't think so either. But it's hard to get. In but his it's hard head to really that. figure yeah. that one out. Yeah. Because, again, that's where Eagle comes in play that he wanted to. Now he has another notch on his belt as the President of the United States. But the fact is, he came in and he really doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't want to lose. And, you know, of course, he doesn't. But, uh, but again, uh, uh, now you've got the Republican House who I think the Republicans really knew right away they made a mistake. And... Uh, and all they could do is defend that mistake because they can't come out looking like fools in front of uh, their voters. And now they got to play it through. But you're right. I think this, uh, and again, he's building up his ego. Look what he's doing now. The rhetoric he's putting out there about impeachment during his rallies. He's speaking about all these things. And it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. And, uh, and, of course, you talk about ego. Because of the Ukraine issue that was going on and the reason that predicated this impeachment, you have Giuliani, who decides to go back to Ukraine and just give the finger to everybody else, saying, look, I'm doing this right in front of your face. That's what Trump's been doing to everybody. And I think that's part of his ego, part of his issues. And, uh, and listen, we know through the uh, history that ego can destroy a human being and, uh, and eventually uh, come collapsing everything around them. Because you're caught in all the lies, you're caught in all the, all the disbelief that uh, you portray. So, well, that's, that's that accountability that's, that's that maybe he's coming back to to, to roost. Eventually, you know? it's gonna it comes up, it catches up to you. Everything yeah. does, and uh, this is coming. Uh, but again, how it's gonna play out, and we all know he's not gonna be removed. Uh, but again, we don't know. I, I still got to lean towards not being removed. Yeah. I, it, what will be interesting is if they can get an assemblance of a trial. And McConnell is, I mean, as good as Pelosi is, McConnell is like, hey, when he has power, he doesn't give it up. So McConnell may stick with this and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not having a single witness in this trial. I, I don't think McConnell wants any witnesses from either side. He, he what do you just, think is going to happen? I know he doesn't want any witnesses. What do you think? What he 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 wants just to to, to take it to the Senate, have a vote, and that's it. You know, what no trial I, whatsoever. What do I think is going to happen? Yeah. I think she's going to force his hand. I think so. How? Too. I, I don't know. She's going to withhold those articles because he'll he, he'll he'll he'll. Dear leader withhold. wants this over with, so it's going to be a power struggle between McConnell and. He felt no pressure. On the Merrick Garland thing, zero. Yeah, but the, the the problem is, yeah, is he's dealing with the child in the oral office. <laughs> you you can't control him in his Twitter. I don't think McConnell feels pressure from Trump. You you don't think that the, the I think McConnell nonsense all, out of the. I think McConnell is all about saving the Republican Party. That's all he cares about. Saving the Senate, saving saving the idea of Republicans. And if Trump goes down, that's a hit on Republicans. A huge hit on Republicans. And he's probably right on that. And I just think that he is, if Nancy wants to hold him, hold him. Well, he even said that she could hold on to the papers that we don't want. You know, so then I was reading some things about could he just hold an up and down vote without getting the uh, the articles? 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, why not? I mean, not not to saying that it's right or constitutional or in the rules. Just you know what I mean? Just say, hey, you know what? We know what the articles are. You know, let's do an up or down vote to see if we even want a trial. And they vote down, and then it's uh, it's done. I, I don't know. I, I you know the the, the rules are uh, you know sort of manufactured, right? I mean, we're the rules are made up from the rules of prior impeachments. The rules weren't set by the Constitution. The rules were set uh, after the Clinton impeachment. Lindsey Graham and his <laughs> team again. were the ones who changed yeah. to restructure the impeachment process. And uh, now they're the ones, Democrats are trying to follow the impeachment process that the Republicans wrote. And now they're complaining that they're being bamboozled, they're being uh, left out, and this is doing, they're doing it uh, unconstitutionally or hiding behind closed doors. They're, they're, I believe that the Democrats knew exactly that they had to follow and do things by the book because it may come back to haunt them. And now the Republicans are the ones who are crying wolf, and they're the ones who wrote the yeah. impeachment process since Clinton. That uh, so, and I think that, uh, and you're right, Mitch McConnell, holds all the cards of the Republican Party, but it w what you said earlier, if Trump gets impeached and removed of office, will it destroy the Republican Party? Or if he gets impeached, Pence becomes president of the United States, it still saves the Republican Party, but does it save it morality where people can change and see that, hey, they did the right thing? I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there from the right who wish this guy was out of office, but they can't say anything. And I think there's, I think that also is true from some of the voters who are changing their views. But if they said, okay, listen, in order to save the Republic and still save face and have a Republican House and party and a president, we decided to impeach Trump and have him removed. Now, it could is that, change, that could change the, for the landscape of these guys redeeming themselves in their, in their values and the Constitution. And I guarantee you that both parties and, um, and both sides of voters will respect that more than what's happening today. It is interesting to think that people on the right don't want to uh, impeach or remove Trump or don't want to damage him when they do have Pence in the wings who in many ways fulfills that more staunch conservative republican religious right right ideology right Correct. And, and 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 so it's it's um i think that's kind of interesting and 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 where i go with that which is even a darker scarier place is a lot of trump supporters whether they're conservative religious right what what christian whatever you want to talk they also enjoy Trump's cruelty. They actually enjoy the fact of his policies and that Pence wouldn't deliver that. And I've come to kind of, you know, crystallize that in, in many ways that they like that. They they like that about Trump. They, they, they won't get that about Pence. They won't get the Stephen Miller policies out of Pence. You know what I mean? They get them out of Trump. And, and, and that's a, you know... That, that, like I said, that's a dark place to go it, it, for America to, to see things that way. But it's 
it's one of the ways that I rationalize, well, why didn't, once they got their tax cuts, <laughs> why didn't they dispense of him and put Pence in? That, that's the part that has always kind of bothered me about the Trump presidency. I, I figured for sure, and I think we could roll the tape back on some you know, podcast, that once they got those tax cuts done, uh, they had no use for, for Trump. And his you know, poor rhetoric, his crazy ideas, his unstable genius, you know, all of that stuff, and they would have said, okay, we'll take Pence, let's figure out a way, you know, the 25th. I mean, if not anything else, the 25th. But they, they would have figured out a way to get him out of there or at least contain him. But they didn't do that. So there, there's a part of me that says there's a lot of people that like Trump for being Trump. Well, I mean, I, listen, there's people out there who like violence, who like, uh, who like hate, uh, racism. I mean, he... Yeah, like, Trump, uh, like putting Trump, down others. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Trump has opened up a old wound that's been there. That now it's bleeding. <laughs> yes, And so that true. bleeding is... The white supremacist side are mm -hmm. coming out of the woodwork. You've got more hate crimes that increased in the last against all ethnicities besides yep. uh, whites and blacks. Um, those are those are wounds that could have been healing, but he's reopened them all up. But I think there's a, there's a few of those. But on the right conservative side, the evangelicals, listen, I can guarantee you that they don't agree with everything that he's doing. They're working, they're running on that one note, you know. Uh, abortion right. topic. Uh, the rest of it, they could live without. I've had a lot of people tell me, he goes, you know, if the guy just keeps his mouth shut and quit Twittering, it'll be, you know. I said, well, that's not going to change his character. You've still got who you have, regardless if he's doing that. It's lucky that you found out that you know who he is. You find out by, you know, by based upon the way his... He, yeah, he, listen to what he says, he says watch what he does. What he does. Yeah. So, um, but I think there's a lot of those people will be relieved I think, yeah, you're going to get the percentage. I think out of his base, out of 100% of his base supporting him, I said I would say there's 40% of them that are exactly like him. Hate, race, and... and uh, it's a big number. And, it is a big number. But I think the other 60% can oversee that and be relieved that Pence is president. That at least could follow... <laughs> Scary thought. Well, the, well, From well, my perspective, well, but yeah, okay. Well, well, what I'm saying is... Mine as well. <laughs> you, you, you're not going to get... It, if you got to remove him office, regardless, if Pence is going to become president. It doesn't matter. It's it is what it is. And but you have an election race coming up in a year, less than a year. How long is he going to be in office? Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I would take Pence over oh, Trump. Oh sure, I mean, anybody. Would. I I, Listen, I, I, I totally take, believe in politics. I would is about check, choices. So. I would check GW <laughs> over <laughs> Trump. No, so would I. Oh, we we so. missed. We we missed good old George. <laughs> so so it's, fool it's, me once. Fool me twice. Yeah. <laughs> but, Won't get fooled again. Yeah, but. But this guy's worse than he was. We made fun of Bush because of his speech and the way he spoke and strategy. It's, yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. But this guy's even worse than that. Oh this yeah, guy, yeah. It's not he can't even command the English language, let alone uh, you know say the right things truthfully. Well, let's not be so harsh. He he does it at a fifth grade level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's give some credit. Yeah. And then uh, you know when you have the Trump supporters saying. You know, and I, you bring up the lies, you know, 12,000 lies, whatever the lies numbers 15. are now. Uh, uh, what are they daily? When I bring them up in front of the supporters, and I said, oh, you know, he, he makes mistakes. I said, listen, or he exaggerates. I said, but you called Obama a liar when he made a mistake right. on one or two things. This is a daily occurrence. When I said, 
I said, and I and you end up laughing because you look at them and you said, really, this is this is how you defend something like this. T but uh, Timmy, let me ask you a question because you talk about when you engage people that support Trump, you um, uh, yeah, you have a fair amount of friends that are Trump supporters. Sure, uh, and and some of those are evangelical Christian right. Some sure are, they are. some may or may not be. I, I don't know. You do a really good job on your social media of trying to tone down that rhetoric and not let it get too personal and, and maintain either either a civil discourse or then no discourse, where Fred and I haven't mastered that. <laughs> I don't even try. We have like we we have we're down to one. <laughs> we're we're down to one, one Trumpster friend. Maybe we, we started with more, right? Yeah, yeah. But but we haven't been able to, to maintain that. Uh, you talking about Oki? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, you gotta love social media. Yeah. So it makes the world so small. Yeah. So that's quite but, an elite. So, so what, is, what, is, what is your secret? What is your well, secret? It's not a secret. So there's two things. Um, my Facebook friends uh, are are a combination of a culmination of uh, pastors, um, conservative, evangelical Christians, um, people who claim to be Christian, people who are born birthright into Christianity, and then non-Christians and atheists. I have them all. Uh, agnostic people. So I have a lot of different, uh, major, major, big mix of friends uh, worldwide. So between India, China, and the U.S. and so forth. Now, you know, when I post something about Trump, I'm very careful that I don't offend um, anyone that who voted for him because I am not against someone's right to vote. Uh, that's their prerogative. Um, but what I do post, when I make posts about Trump or if he's done something or he said something, um, you'll notice in some of my posts, I really don't speak about who voted for him and look what you're supporting. I write the article of what he's done and how it affects people or my my tagline, my first word would be, wow. Mm -hmm. And then, what he did. But not anywhere during that time or any of my posts specifies the right, the left, the non, whatever, independence. I don't, I don't attack anyone. I just post it up there, but what's astonishing and what's hilarious is the people that come to defend him um, underlining on the comments below the post. <clears throat> and there's always a couple of people, and trust me, I've blocked and removed people from the past because it got so violent and vulgar, uh, calling each other names. I mean, and the most of it um, on the Democratic side, friends who post against, uh, well, let me just step back. So when a uh, the right, somebody, one of my friends from the GOP supporting Trump posts something, you can just hear it in their undertone of their writings, how angry they are. <laughs> because you see the anger, the words come out, and then they start blaming Obama, then Clinton, <laughs> and then, then everybody else before it, but never speak about what is happening present. Now, no I, I, I have a good example of that. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll just finish, but okay. I, I have a good example so, of that. Uh, so they start doing this, and then I try to explain to them, I said, this has nothing to do with the past. I said, I agree to your uh, your uh, Sure, assessment. you want to bring up the past. I said, yeah. so I agree to some of these. I said, I didn't agree with anything Obama did. I didn't agree with anything Bush did. I said, I don't agree 100% any president. But the fact is, we're talking about the present, not the past. 
things supposed to have changed. Now, now, now. Now, now. yeah. So, so. <laughs> it does not work. Yeah. Not so, so then they bring this back up. But also, what's what's amazing is that, uh, and then my Democratic friends who respond back actually respond back with some intelligent facts because, uh, you know, then, then an argument starts between the two. I stay out of it. Yeah. I, I just watch it happen. And and sometimes you step in and say, it, yeah, I, didn't, and, I didn't post this yeah. with the intention of creating right. animosity argument, or animosity argument. discussion. Yeah. So, so, and, and people sometimes respect that. Yeah, and I try Not to explain often. that this is supposed to be, a, you know, a uh, respectful conversation or chat. But regardless of that, what I've also like found out that, and it's, and I don't know if it's uh, an education or, or, or the fact that people are so uh, uh, supportive to the level of they'll believe anything. Mm. Uh, so people live off memes or memes. Yeah. They live off these memes created by Russia bots or somebody that they will, people will put together and start posting things. And that's where I get involved in saying, listen, you have no facts. I said, do you not do your own personal research before you post anything? Don't you do this to find out because they don't want to know the truth when they realize that that wasn't it. For an instance, let's go, let me go jump back real quick. Um, somebody posted about uh, Greta taking a yacht uh, across the ocean oh, yeah. to come here uh, to do her speech yeah. because of the carbon emissions yeah. and things like that. And, uh, and one of my friends posted, who's a Trump supporter, Oh yeah, she took this thing, and you know, what if she took a boat owned by Soros? Yeah. Soros paid for the whole thing, and he owns the yacht and this. And I just saw the conversation. I don't know if you saw it. And I wrote back. I said, "Where, where did you get this information?" I said, "I put the name of the boat in. It's a small racing yacht. It's not even a luxury yacht." I said, and "They crossed the Atlantic Ocean with this, and they ate dried food." Did you read the article? And it's owned by this guy named Grunberg, who bought the boat for who's a millionaire in Germany. Then hmm. then they said, and the team stated that they were coming across the Atlantic anyway, so let's hitch a ride. It was free. Hmm. And, they, it, and you read the article, it says she ate dried food uh, through the bag and all that. Hmm. It was a luxury ride. And you look at the yacht, I'm like, God, that crossed the Atlantic, <laughs> that little yacht? So that's the, that's, and the argument continued, and they still didn't want to agree with it. And they said, what is wrong with people? So this is the, you have to pick and choose your battles based upon the intellect of who you're arguing with. Because then you have to decide, I need to step away from so this. You, did, they, did they ask you, what about the emails? <laughs> <What's that? laughs> what, so so one, of the, one of the guys that you're friends with, I, I believe, I want to make sure I get this right, is Donald. Uh, or no, initials are DJ. And I've seen kind of a change in him because I would consider him to be a very um, uh, staunch conservative and you know, all about the Constitution. And early on in the Trump presidency, I kind of felt like I was doing battle with him. I remember those. But now, he doesn't post as much, but now when he does post, I I see him kind of the same way that, that, that you look at it. He, he sees things for what they are, right? I mean, I, I think he's a pretty fair shooter, and we could argue about Second Amendment rights on one thing. But he also realizes kind of what's going on, right? Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, I grew up with him since high school, and, and is, uh, would you say there's been? I don't want to say an evolution because he wouldn't say that, but he does. Oh, it has. It has yeah. since since the presidency. At one time, he was giving him a chance, like everybody else, yeah. and supporting him. And uh, but throughout the last two and a half years to this third year, 
he has changed a lot. He's more uh, believing in the lines of what I believe in, mm-hmm. and uh, or you, and uh, uh, he's not a supporter any longer. Uh, but again, what I like about DJ is the fact that he will support either side for the right reasons um, in support of constitutional rights, uh, the impeachment trial process, Mm -hmm. all that. So he slams both sides. He's an independent like myself. And, uh, but he has evolved to the point where he's actually (laughs) wrote yesterday, he goes, I am leaving until January 8th. I can't take this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to enjoy Christmas. (laughs) I want want to bring up the example that I was thinking about. You had mentioned about how when you post something, how quickly people will just want to jump in and defend one way or another. I have a really, a a very timely, real-world example of that. And I don't know if you've seen uh, Pop-Tart. Um... She recently posted uh, the article about this Yahoo out in Colorado, uh, the radio talk show host who said, uh, we need a a distraction from the impeachment like a school shooting, right? And she just posts the article saying, you know, this this guy shouldn't have a job anymore. And, of course, he was fired. What was really interesting was to see the comments underneath it supporting Trump. It wasn't a Trump comment that she made. It wasn't even, I mean, it it just goes to show you how far people will go to assume you are attacking Trump if you're attacking the guy that says, we need a school shooting. It's it's become that warped in in, in a way, you know? And and I, I told her, you have to understand, all roads go back to political nowadays it's very hard to post anything other than you know a cat <laughs> and even then so it's really hard to post something and not expect for it to come back in a political sense dividing the country some way well i've got uh i've got evangelicals who are strict christians who actually post and I could see them on my wall, uh, my timeline uh, or my wall that, uh, you know, they support and Trump and this. And they'll also, surprisingly, surprisingly, being as strict as they are because they're not supposed to judge, uh, make judgments on the Democrats, make these these memes that are against the Democrats or, or Pelosi or somebody. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, this is coming from somebody I know who will never, who yeah. argues against judgment and will write that. And, but also a very careful who I and what I comment on. I will not comment on any of them because I respect them too much to get into an argument with them because I know where they stand as Christians. See, this is the grassy troll yeah. right here. <laughs> so I so, have no problem. And, and I do it too. Yeah. So I won't. Oh, an opening. So, so those, they want to make the comment that's great and that's fine. And, and the same applies to me. I don't expect everyone, listen, when I post something on Facebook on, on its politics, I post it for, and one of my friends said, well, but you're obsessed with this. I said, no. I said, I've been posting in two months about Trump, and it's the first time. He goes, I'm not obsessed. And he goes, I said, the reason, and he goes, well, this one, this article, when he got the 38 patents, is from 2016. I said, yeah. I said, did you know he had 38 patents? No. Right. I said, so you didn't know this, but 
massage parlors, uh, escort yeah. services, his 38 patents on trademarks. Yeah. I said, do you guys know who you voted for? I said, if this was done in 2016, what do you think his plan was when he ran for presidency for his empire? He already had planned this out. He already went to China to ask and for the patents. And now he has political and, leverage. And now he's got political leverage, and the patents were approved mm -hmm. in 2017. I said, did, I mean, you, yeah. did you know all this stuff? Yeah. No, I said, the reason I post it is to educate people. I said, not to get in an argument. That's why I wrote it. I, I put it up to educate. I didn't know it. I found it. I posted it. I said, wow, I didn't know this. Do it. Does anyone else? That's the purpose of my post. Everybody knows I can't stand Trump. Everybody on my Facebook knows that. But I think hate is a strong word. Being a Christian myself, I agree. I dislike the man. I, I dislike. His I don't policies. like to use the word hate. I don't like his moral or ethic behavior. So I have my own reasons. Why. I'll always go policy. I yeah. I can always just go policy. I don't I don't need to go anywhere else yeah. if I want to. And policy. And, and no, you're right. Policies. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of policies change. Even the I mean, listen, the EPA, all these things that he's done to re to, to re. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, reverse, turn, turn the clock back. Reverse yeah. all the things that protected us as a country uh, because of his ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, has cost yeah. this country it, just to fix this, to re-engage and, and correct all this. It's going to take years, yeah. and not to imagine the international policies. What does the international think of us? I mean, it's amazing. I'm hoping thought. that can be repaired more quickly. Oh, than a lot of the domestic the stuff. I, that, I do believe that the, the international stuff can be I think prepared. the minute that he is removed from office, I think you'll see a change. Yeah, it'll change quickly. Demeanor, internationally. I, I think internationally they look at this as an anomaly. And, you know, some don't, some don't think so, but I, I, I think fixing things up domestically yeah. will, will be more difficult. Majority f know that it's him, not yeah, the U.S. Right, right. And I think that really came out in the latest NATO summit. Yeah. That's when they really started separating Trump. You mean when they were standing around laughing yeah. at him and mocking yeah, well, yeah, him? Trudeau and, uh, and what, what a difference a year makes, eh? <laughs> Last right. year they were shaking in their yeah. their knickers, you know, and then this year they're basically out in public just laughing it up at his expense. And but also, if you go to these uh, some of these people who, and by the way, my demographics on my Facebook. Or all different ages. I mean, when I say ages, I mean from my age to, you know, uh, young adults. But also income, different income mm -hmm. stature and levels. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of people from the east side. Those are the guys who want to argue on the Trumpsters on the east side where I grew up in the east side of Detroit. Uh, but what's funny is when you ask them, not on not on the internet, but physically, because internet they have time to search. But you ask him physically in front of them, what has he done that you think has changed? Well, he promised the wall. These are, this is yeah. what I get. They have no idea what policies are. They have no idea what he's changed. This is a part, see, this is a part that I'm lacking, is that face-to-face. -face, you know what I mean? I mean, arguing on the Internet is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can do that, and you can post, and you can just say things. But I really, and we live in kind of a bubble. I mean, I'm kind of, for the most part, I don't want to say fortunate, but certainly my family, we don't have rifts in my family over politics. Most of my friends, most of our friends are left-leaning or at least anti-Trump. You know, it's very rare when I, I really get to engage somebody that, that I respect as a person, a friend, family member that sees it that way. 
you know. Yeah. So if you if you get opportunities to do that, good for you. I, I just don't even have that many opportunities. Well, no, I mean, listen, I go to the bar. <laughs> okay, I, we do that. Yeah. Hot job. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to the so bar. So we've been waiting for it. So <laughs> I don't go, say bar. But I'm saying now. Well, I'll give you an example. I live in Clarkston. So at Ortonville, there's a bar, which I won't name, but it's, I go there frequently with friends of mine. They all know me. I know everybody there, all the regulars, and, and including the bartenders and the owner. Now, in saying that, we sit down and we talk. That town is more powerful of disliking Trump than anything else, and these are blue-collar workers. And, Good. Uh, and so, but there are a few that come in there, including one of my great friends. He comes in and he's a Trump supporter. Bob Ritchie. And, uh, and he was, did you, who did you say? Bob Ritchie. God, I know a Bob Ritchie. Okay, never mind. Okay, <laughs> I know why. When you said that, he lives in Arizona. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm sitting, but he's sitting there. He's in Nashville now. Uh, so, uh, and he brings it up. He, and I know him in his personal life. I know his finances. I know everything. He's one of my best friends. And uh, him and his wife, or my wife, and all we're all friends. We vacation together. But he's sitting there. He's a Trumpster. So I have a great friend. We're, we're head to head, but we don't argue. We don't argue. We don't bring it up. But when he does bring it up, he works on the facts that are limited to his knowledge, to what he's experienced and what he's researched. Other than that, he has no clue. And uh, so, and he's well spoke loudly spoken like you and I. But in the middle of the bar, yeah, my 401k is doing great. Oh, yeah, that I kind said, of stuff, yeah. I said, you don't have a 401k. You went bankrupt last year. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm looking at him going, why do you say that? You're, you're bankrupt. You're bankrupt. You filed bankruptcy last year. And he goes, he goes, well, everybody's. I said, no, no, you can't speak about everybody. So, and the same thing happened on <laughs> last year. Remember, well, was it through when he took the tax break? Yeah. We, I, I think you saw you were involved in that conversation on Facebook. I didn't get a break on tax break because of my income level. Yeah. I was, I was at thirty eight percent of my income tax, and I dropped to thirty six and a half. Where was a break there? And no, but also, when I went to do my taxes that year, I sat down with my CPA like I do every year. I said, "Here are all my write offs. Here's all my deductions." And of course, my wife had all the paperwork for other stuff that she keeps. But I, and he looked at me, he goes, don't, they don't apply anymore. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're not allowed to take any deductions. You're not allowed to take your home deduction, your office deduction. You're not allowed to have your mileage anymore. All that, your dry cleaning, your, all that's gone. He goes, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I said, so where's my tax bracket? So I'm making it up there. He goes, you're at 36 and a half from 38. I said, that doesn't even cover my deductions. Yeah. And he goes, no, you owe 8000 this year. I said, what? So when everybody speaks about this great thing, it's not affecting everyone, you know, and that's why. Well, again, and, and, and one of the things that I will always separate is your own sphere, your own world versus others. Like, I'm not in favor of the tax law, the new tax law. I benefited from it. I, I benefited from it quite a bit, actually. Sure. Uh, but you, I'm not speaking of myself, right? I mean, I, I, I'll separate that out. All right, but we got to get to the next beer here, right? Uh, I'm, little, I'm dry and you, parched. You are, you are thirsty <laughs> yeah, there. So I don't, I don't even one. like the beer and I'm dry. Uh, you liked it. You, can you know, I'm going to go for me on this, though. I really am. I'm going to... I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to go for me on the beer. I'm absolutely for me. Yeah. I liked it the more I had it. Yeah. Like I said, like, hey, the, the description could be a little bit better, but we got a not for me and a two not for me, right? Yeah, still not for me. All right. I finished it, but <laughs> Okay, so then let's get into the treasure trove and, and, and uh, get on to our next beer. Awesome. Well, since we are coming up on Christmas, and this being our Christmas show. I didn't think about it that way, but it is our Christmas show. I did. And that's why I purchased said second beer. It's called Three Scrooges Winter Warmer from Griffin Claw. And it's a, quite a festive label, eh? <laughs> yes, it is. More sound effects. Well, that's sure how you're going to work that in. I didn't want to either. Okay, I'll do it again. That was kind of clumsy, but we'll take it. Uh, I thought you gave me the cue to bring in the... Uh, Bringing the sound effects well, I on Christmas. the bells would have been great as a like a bed for the entire. Ah, uh, oh, you want me to just keep on jingling them? Yeah, yeah. as we talk. Yes. Um, uh, so the, the three Scrooges I, are these guys, the people that work at Griffin Claw. Like, well, it's a takeoff on the Three Stooges. Right, but who's on the on the label? I am not. Well, they kind of look like the Stooges. Kinda. I, I don't know. No, they do. Look, at, especially no. Kind of, I get. But anyway, we also were talking about what kind of beer this is, and all they're calling it is a a winter warmer ale, right? So it doesn't fit with most of the types of beers that we have come to know, right? Right. I mean, it's it not says, an amber ale. ale brewed with honey, orange peel, and spices. So they're definitely going for the Christmas thing. All right. It's so a 6.5. So I, I like that, right? Not going to feel That's like That's our sweet zone. Yep. yep. And it's also, I, I love when they put the IBUs on there. So it's an 18 IBU, um, which means it's going to be uh, malty and uh, uh, low on the hops, low on the bitter. It's got um, a nice color. Uh, great copper color. That's what I would describe it as. I miss my red beer, but okay. So. I'm a Killian's fan, so. We pour drastically different blotto. Well, I pour deliberately looking for the splash to get the to get the head. So, you know. I, I thought I was going to get some too, but you've got inches and I've got zero. Well, but you tilted your glass, right? At beginning, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there. I was told. I <laughs> snap. <laughs> I'm gonna let the Ooh, yeah. that's spicy. Oh really? Yeah, so oh, what does yeah. it get in it again? Honey, orange peel, and spice. And spices, or, or is it more allspice? <laughs> we, we we almost did a whole show on allspice. You, you're uh, quite the uh, the, culinary the culinary artist. Culinary guy. Um, so allspice is its own spice. We didn't know that it just had lots of different spice flavors in it. Beer to taste like. So you, like you're eating, you know, hey, some evergreen and pine cone. You know, what? we were talking about egos with a political discussion, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if we looked back at all the beer reviews mm -hmm. and how we rated beers that we brought. Yes. <laughs> and to see how ego can play even into a beer review. What is oh, the likelihood? A defense mechanism. Yes. What oh. is the likelihood that you are liking your beer if you brought it? I'll bet you it's higher than ones that you didn't. I'll bet you our our own egos get in the way if we brought the beer. We want to defend it. I, I hate this. So far, I hate this beer. 
<laughs> it's not for me in any way, shape, or form. Blows holes. Yeah, yeah you don't even believe that. <laughs> wow, that's. I just got the whiff of the aroma, man. That's spicy. That comes right at you. I like it. I do. I, I like it's the very smell. Christmassy. Yeah. Well, it's something. It's something. It just, you know, it hit the nose before it hit the taste buds. Yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's filled the room. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of floral notes to it. Mm. I mean, if you taste it, you could go through your nose. Yeah. You could smell the floral notes. Yeah. I like it. No, that's good. We're splitting. Oh, no, no, no. What do you mean we're splitting? Huh? Tinny didn't like the first one. Oh, oh, oh he's splitting. <laughs> he, he's, he's already, he's he's already, already he's splitting, liking yeah. this, so I like that. Mm. We're going 50-50 with the guys. I gotta, so. I gotta think about this one because it's so, it's There's so, a lot going it's so on different. There. There's a lot going on there. It's quite different than the first one. Um, it finishes like a pilsner. It finishes well. We don't yeah. say the p word around here. Oh, you don't. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to send you which episodes were pilsner episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 basically took the position that there's. There is no Pilsner craft beer. That's an oxymoron yeah. to call it a Pilsner craft beer. I'm a Belgium beer. drinker, so. Ah, like Belgian wheat? What's that? No, uh, pea. <laughs> oh, Belgian Pilsner. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, I'm not I'm, sure how I feel about this. I, I, I'm really mixed on it. I got to go. Or you at, call it Belgian pea. <laughs> I got to go at least half glass on this. It's, it's different. It's not bad. But, I, but I, I think I could see myself having another. That's where I'm going to go. Is with it this. a situational beer? I don't. If, if I, I get if that. If you were out on like Christmas it. Eve with his bells, and you saw out on what? Scrooges, what, what? On what? Christmas Eve. Thank you. <laughs> and you saw three Scrooges on the menu, you would order it. I might. But if it was January 15th, <laughs> would you? <laughs> okay, that's very situational now. <laughs> Uh, isn't that like President's Day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but will they brew this and put this on the table on January 15th or May 20th or whatever? May, May not be available. Yeah. It, might oh. be a seasonal, it, it might be a seasonal That's offering I'm saying only. this would still be probably on tap mid-January. I drink it. I got to say I'd probably go for it. Would you? Okay. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean for me on this and, and uh, we'll go, you know, recap at the end. But I, I got to... I, I think that the spices, the aroma, the color, the... It's got a nice frothy head on it. Well, apparently I'm able to get that. You're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, I would have this beer again, I think. going to lean that way right now. I like yeah. the name. I love the can. I like the can. I like the name. So I, I get... I don't know if I like the can. That's I, that I'm struggling with that. but I think I got a little sucked in on the name. All three oh, it's our holiday beer, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are you warmed up to the winter? Bottoms up. <laughs> Not going to answer that. Bottoms <laughs> up. I refuse. Yeah. Uh, so, what... Mm. Ooh, I'm liking it. One so of the things that comes with Christmas and, you know, um, I don't know where we're all at, but it's this is like cliche now, right? We're... <laughs> is where are we at with our shopping? We're a couple days before Christmas, right? So, Fred, where are you at with your shopping? Done? done? I'm done only because I really didn't have to shop too much per se this year because um, Half Pint yeah. 
recently uh, got that master's degree, and yeah, so we yeah. are doing a celebratory cruise in about. So you're lumping everything into the cruise. We're we're we're, we're not <laughs> putting any money towards Christmas per se. Uh, we're throwing it at the out. cruise. That's yeah, it's an absolute out. cop out, and and I love it. I wish they were all like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I'm kind of done. T- Timmy, what about you? You done with your shopping? Yep, finished it last week. Um, and do you do you find yourself buying for many or for for a few now few. at this stage? I mean, few. I mean, the kids are grown, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife does all the shopping for the rest of the family, and uh, we just go through a list, and she goes and does it since she's not working, so uh, she has time, and uh, I never left the house to go shopping. <laughs> That Ooh. that's where I'm going with this. You never left the house. Nobs, where are you at with your with, with your shopping? I am way ahead of schedule this year. Oh, you were, you I'm were done. almost <laughs> done. <laughs> jingle, jingle. There you, you, you know, uh, it it kind of reminds me of of uh, Big Wave and when he used to do all of his Christmas shopping. On Christmas Eve at Myers, when they were 24, 24 hours, and that was what he what he that did. was sort of his tradition. <laughs> yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty much done myself, but I am going to go battle them all tomorrow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step outside and do some shopping in the real world. <laughs> I did that yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was my one mall day. I got out of work early. They let us. They gave us the golden handshake early out. Headed for the malls. Which where? Which one did you go to? Uh, Lakeside and okay. Cartridge. So. Yeah, and and Timmy, you said you didn't you didn't hit the brick and mortar this year. Not at all. Um, I. Do you, in your business, because your business is similar to my business, right? We we, we both try and sell to brick and mortar places. We both sell to online shopping. Do you see brick and mortar as like a viable, you know, uh, entity any longer? I mean, is is online shopping taking over brick and mortar at a pace that is out of control now? That's not that's a that's a freight train that's never going to stop. I got some numbers here, by the way. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I listen. Uh, you know, we have my company. We have eight brands. We're in every retailer in the United States, U.S. and Canada. So, you know, all the major players like Target, Best Buy, Walmart, Costco, all of them. So, um, depending upon the category of products um, and what people are looking for and what they're buying, um, I still think that there's a viable place for brick and mortar for people to go touch and feel and review and look what they want. In other cases, uh, majority of the cases uh, online is, of course, superseded uh, brick and mortar stores. Um, you see a lot of them shutting down um, because of loss of revenue. For a lot of people, brick and mortar stores have become a showroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, that's a, that's a, that's a key thing. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if now you're you're shaking your head yes. Fred, mm-hmm. Do you know what the term showrooming means? No. When you said showroom, no, nah, not really. Uh, Enlighten me. Well, I was going to throw it over to Nobs oh. to see if he knows what what, what, what we mean by it. You that. go to the brick-and-mortar store, find what you want, oh, and then go home and buy, buy it online. online. Yeah. yeah, or you don't have to go home nowadays, right? Oh, I mean, from your phone, sure. You know, Shower. in fact, you can do it right in the store just to insult them even more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you know, one way you can 
scan the barcode and and do it that way to find the cheapest place to, to buy it online. There's you know there's, there's different methods, but showrooming is a is a concern that all brick and mortar places have. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with with you, Tinny, that it it some of it depends upon category. Uh, there are I really don't like buying clothes online. That's you know, one example of you need to be present. I feel like I do. I, you know, I have yeah. odd body shape in my opinion. So, sure. you know, if I was a, you know, uh, he a, voted a, present. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Christmas play. Tulsi uh-huh. <laughs> was thinking about Christmas when she voted present. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm going out to real stores tomorrow uh, is. Because it's too late and he won't be able to get it from online. <laughs> no, no. It's because my daughter wants a, a leather coat or some kind of dress winter coat. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy that for you online. I, I, will, I, will, I will mess that up, man. I will fuck that up big time. So I'm like, you're coming with me. <laughs> oh, so take her with. Yeah, them. so it's, it's kind of like the present without the wrapping. I'll take her out. It's the same thing I did for my son. Oh, yeah. Right, right? We, we did the guitar thing. And so I'll, I'll take her out, and this way she can pick out the coat, and I know it's what she wants because I don't You'll want... get it right. But, but it, it certainly wouldn't be as much fun if her and I sat down at the computer and scrolled through Amazon <laughs> leather coats, <laughs> right? I mean, what, what fun is that? So I, you know, as much as... as Online shopping has taken over brick and mortar. I, I still think there's a, 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 you know, a place for for brick and mortar, right? I mean, and and in our business, we hope so. I mean, now, you you talked a little bit on the business angle, Tinny. Um, are you also responsible uh, for online sales? Yeah. So it, so for with me, I'm responsible for mostly brick and mortar. I have a few online responsibilities, but. It's not too hard from a personal standpoint to focus in on brick and mortar because my customers are looking for that, you know, but as a company, we also sell a bunch of crap on Amazon, right? Sure. You do as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, with your customers, they're also trying to figure out or they're, they want to be able to compete. And, um, you know, one of the reasons we shop online is because we feel like it's a better deal, right? Plus, convenience of not having to go out. Yeah. Mostly convenience nowadays. You think so? Yeah. The online prices aren't what they used to be, in my opinion. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I've not, I've not heard that. that yeah. Not what they used to be. I, I wish I could say the same. Because one of... And it's only because... Online sellers don't need the margin requirements that brick and mortar has. So if you mm-hmm. own a retail store, you've got to keep the lights on. It's a lot less overhead. A lot less. You know? Now you, you used to work in mm-hmm. and you used to get showrooms and yep. yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say who you used to work for? No. Okay. And they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> they own all the el- the uh, electronics. Yes. It's a major electronic retailer. <laughs> yeah, there's only one. And um but Magnolia. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that. yeah. What he said, showroom at a big retail. I knew that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
you think that 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 the idea of the online deal is not what it used to be, which means two things. If the online deal is not what it used to be, it means either online retailers have raised their price mm. because they feel like, look it, if the brick and mortar guy is selling this for twenty nine ninety nine, sure I could sell it for twenty four ninety nine, but why should I? I'll sell it for twenty nine ninety nine. Or does the brick and mortar guy say, you know what, I gotta compete against online and they lower their price? But that really affects their ability to run their business because they have the lights to keep on. Yep. I, I don't know, Tini. How, how do you see the future of these two playing together to say who's the better deal? Well, that's the struggle with brick and mortar. I mean, the retailers that we deal with, and uh, so there's two things happening here, and it depends. I think it all depends on how the brands want to position themselves in the marketplace with size like Bose, Panasonic, you know. Uh, Vox, all these uh, big companies out there, uh, you know, uh, selling their products, uh, Samsung TVs, LG. So <clears throat> well, there's a lot of things that consumer don't realize uh, that's happening between online and brick and mortar when they're getting these deals. But there are also a couple other things to keep in mind. One, you're talking about holiday sales, then you're talking about the rest of the year. How do you survive mm -hmm. you know, for the rest of the year? Holiday sales is going to pick up everywhere, brick and mortar as well as online. It's just a given. It's holiday. It's Christmas. And you're going to shop. And people who aren't astute to shopping online are going to go to brick and mortar. So you're going to get an even base. But I still think that with the millennials, the demographics of change of the landscape of how people buy, the younger group are still going to be buying online. And some of the baby boomers like myself buy online as well. But two things to keep in mind. Um, holiday season when you are going to look at a Samsung, I'm going to bring this up as a hypothetical, a uh, Samsung 50-inch TV, you could get it on Amazon for 349 4K. But you can also buy the Samsung 50-inch at Best Buy, but it's going to cost you 545 or 550 instead of 350. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how does a consumer look at it as, is that a deal? They'll go online, look at this, wow, same exact product, same Samsung 50-inch screen, I can buy it at Amazon, for three forty nine, free shipping, and if I don't like it, I can ship it back. Okay, but what they're not realizing is during holiday season, instead of every day, that that particular TV was specially made to go on Amazon for Amazon shoppers only. Because when you don't, what they fail to realize, when you look at the specs, you're only getting one USB instead of four USB. You're getting a processor speed of five instead of eight. There's things that people don't realize that affects. Right what they're purchasing, even the same product. So when Amazon calls me and says, Or appears to be the same product, yeah, not see, exactly yeah, the same product. It's a, slight, a slight model number difference. Oh, there will be a model see. and a SKU yeah, number, yeah. but it looks identical to the same thing. Yeah, so, you're getting a Samsung 50. Yeah. yeah, and Walmart has their own Samsungs that Best Buy doesn't have because they're made for Walmart only to sell it cheaper. But again, people don't realize there's five, six, seven, eight, nine series of Samsung TVs. And I'll give you an example. My Samsung 3K 9 series with a 9 series processor cost $3,500, 50 inch, 4K, curved. But I could buy a 4K 50 inch TV from Walmart for $380. Mm -hmm. It's a five processor. You can see the difference in imaging and what you see because of, of the, the upscaling capability. But that's but that's what shoppers 
everyday shopper doesn't look at those. You and I have been in this industry, so we understand it. So uh, to everyday shopper who's not technically, you know, uh, intuitive to what they're buying, it's a great deal. Uh, same thing applies for other products that you buy and uh, outside of clothing and shoes, things that you know you're getting. But when it comes to electronics, things change quite a bit in the landscape. But the other way is how does this brick and mortar, it doesn't matter what the shoppers are buying online compared to retail, they're still purchasing online regardless and taking away from the retailer. So um, on an everyday holiday, I think it evens out a little bit, even though uh, it's profitable for retailers. But you have eight more months that you got to figure out how do you make up the difference in sales compared to online because online still steadies out, I think, over supersedes uh, retail. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Order. So I, I don't have that data, but something to look at is online shopping seasonality versus brick and mortar shopping seasonality, right? Well, and, even and, seasonality, and, but even on even on let's just say offering. You could go to a retailer and you want to buy an air fryer, let's just say. Yeah, that's a popular item. Yeah. So we sold half a million air fryers in Q4 alone at Costco. Where this year they give us a $75 million PO to do the rest, just one SKU. Now, but that's specific SKU for Costco. But you go to Amazon, you look up air fryers, you have options. You got a lot you got of options. Hundred options. You got a lot of options. You know, you're not you're not going to a store saying, "Oh, you only have two. No, you're going to Amazon online, and now you can pick and choose, do the research. Is that one of the reasons that we shop online? That's is because of options. of just options. Options. There are large a lot of options. I mean, like a, a, a much smaller example, right? Yeah. I was, you know, going to buy my my, my brother a, a, a T-shirt for for Christmas, and uh, you know, he's difficult to shop for. You know, like it's, it's, no. you know, it, it's going to be like one of several things. Like most of his t-shirts are either Harley Davidson or Jack Daniels, right? So are black and they're all black. So Harley Davidson or Jack Daniels and they're, and they're black. So I thought, you know what would be nice? A Stevie Ray Vaughan black t-shirt. I know that is something he would wear for me to go to the mall or to the strip malls and look for a Stevie Ray Vaughan t-shirt. How much time would that actually take me? And you probably, probably not never find, find it. And never find it versus I can jump right online. and But what I don't get, I don't get the feel of the T-shirt, the quality of the T-shirt. Is it fitting large? Is it fitting small? I mean, I there's a trade-off there when you don't, you know. I, I found what I wanted instantly. But, you know, is it really going to be what I would want? Right? Because of those, you know, that that that... that where you don't really get to check it out as much as you want, that tactile feel. Well, you got, there's two types of shoppers. So years ago, before I got into the electronics industry, I was in the uh, retail design industry. So we designed retail stores worldwide. And we laid out the stores according to the shoppers, and we used psychology of how to direct them like cattle through the store to hit all parts of the merchandise. Oh, like milk in the back. Yep. Yeah. All that. <laughs> so um, we did Express Dairy, where I put milk in the front. Actually... Uh, FMI is called the Food Marketing Institute. So 15 years in retail design teaches you all how people shop. Actually, I've been published a couple of times, um, and we bought Dairy Express to the front, so we wanted to capture the people instead of going to 7-Eleven to pick up milk. They can actually come in and out, and the checkout was right there. So now you see in the front a lot of retailers, a lot of grocery stores. <clears throat> they sell milk at 7-Eleven? 
Of course they do. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. I am sorry. Yeah. 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 They sell them at a party store. <laughs> so, uh, two types of shoppers. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Fred. Now you know something. <laughs> so even online, there's two types of shoppers. One's an impulse and one's a necessity. Those are two types. So impulse is going in, looking at something old. Yeah, online or it. brick and mortar? Both. Now there's both. So brick and mortar. That's See, I don't the, know about impulse well, online. Well, well, got, that's I'll, interesting. Well, well, I'll explain. Because at an in-store, and I'll tell you why, forget seasonal. I'm talking about everyday shopping now for online and brick and mortar. So when you walk in, you simply see a cool, it says, okay, I don't know if I need need, but I like it so much, I'm going to buy it. So, and I would agree. I mean, impulse in a, in a store is a lot easier. And that's why you have the impulse checkouts to the front. But you also And have, that's a big key part that, now of their business. It is. And, but that... Impulsive buying could be at any part of the store, especially for women. Women are impulsive buyers. Um, and then you have <laughs> more than guys. Scratch that. Unless, no, no, unless, unless you are guests do not necessarily represent the views of Bottoms Up. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, well, listen. And so are men to the point if you're, it depends where you're. I love impulse shopping. But, I'm but, so proud listen, when I buy something But listen, impulse. if you are in, if I go into great outdoors, or Bass Sports yeah. Sport Shop, oh, I'm impulsive uh, yeah. because that's it's geared to me. It's what I want. So I guess it depends on your, <laughs> your perspective on what you're shopping for. So um, the necessity buyer, this is where it comes to play for online. So necessity means that something you really want, you're looking for specifically, and now you're going to go and purchase it, and you have time. So I'll give you an example. My, we have a wedding coming up six months from now. My wife's already shopping for the dress. And she's bought in six dresses from Amazon and these online companies. Every one of these online companies have free return rights and free shipping back if it doesn't look No, bad. they're figuring all that out. Yeah. Things that used to be a bother about yes. online shopping. I mean, the fact that you can buy something on Amazon and take it back to Kohl's yep. is huge. Well, that's what's happened now. So, so what she's done is, like today, she went to FedEx to return her fifth dress. Because <laughs> I'm like, Deborah, she goes, well, I didn't like the way it... Because... Well, you and I go clothes shopping. We want to touch and feel. We want to make sure the cut's correct. It fits right. You know, exactly what you're looking for in a suit and all that as well. And that's the way I only way I'll buy my suits and shirts and ties is physically being there. But now, like my wife as an example, she was the same way. The offering isn't there. She could go to 30 sites and see different dresses. Right, now she's, she's, she's figured out yeah, how to correct. get what she wants out of both worlds so, by going online, right? She's getting for, the, she doesn't leave to her, try on a lot of different dresses. Doesn't have to leave home. Yep. She can, try she can return them all. Home, yeah. Return them and at, uh, at her convenience without being pressured. So a lot different than holiday sales in every day because every day okay. is where survivability is in a, in a, in a retailer. So. so so by the numbers here, I'll throw some like, like quizzes out here for you, okay? Uh, how, many, how many Americans do you think percent are shopping online right now? As we speak? No, not this very <laughs> moment, but like, uh, you know, so far, blank percent of Americans have shopped online. 73. I must say about 65. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Throw a number out. Come on, Fred. 70. 69%. 69%. We're all in the ballpark. Yeah, you're all in the ballpark, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, 25% are shopping at least once per month. So, and, 
60% are buying clothing. Well, that's the last thing I See, know. that's that's surprising and, and, to but me. But now on the demographics on the clothing, does it break down between men, women? or who No, is I've got another slide here that talks about uh, uh, shopping online uh, between men and women. It's, it's slightly in favor of women. 72% of online shoppers... Um, uh, are, are women? Yeah. Uh, well, and 68% of men. So 68% of men online shop. 72% of women online shop. So um, it's, it's it's not a 100% of the pie. Well, I'll give you, you know an example. I mean, that, I mean for uh, like clothing, like shoes. I buy shoes. I want to fit them. I want to wear them because I wear you know 12 D's wide. Mm -hmm. I got to make sure they fit. And uh, and so I purchase my shoes, the ones that I like. And then I said, one day I said, you know what? I said, they don't have, the shoe store that I purchased them at said they only have two different styles. Well, I went to the manufacturer's shoe, shoe site online. Mm -hmm. Wow. Shoes I've never seen before by them, made by them. And I said, wow, this is an incredible collection. I ended up buying five pairs online because I knew the size. I knew how they would fit. They knew how they fit. And now I went online, and I will always buy online because yeah. of the selection was a lot larger. So yes, so there was a a, a bit of a kerfuffle, a kafefe, a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, a couple of months ago about um, uh, I forget I don't have it in here. What site reported that online sales has exceeded brick and mortar, and people kind of were freaking out about it. But that really wasn't what happened. But they were talking about general merchandise, and and strictly in general merchandise, about twelve percent now of both. Are being purchased at uh, either online or so of all purchases, twelve percent of the general merchandise purchases are happening online. Twelve percent of general merchandise uh, purchases are per, are happening in brick and mortar. So um, that's become much more even across all. I mean, let me read it, okay? Because you're looking like it makes sense, and maybe I did. Across all categories. General merchandise accounted for 11.8% of retail spending in February, while sales from general merchandise in brick and mortar accounted for 11.8%. So people that were purchasing general merchandise, 12% of that went to... No, that doesn't make sense either. But... <laughs> I'll read it again. Ring your bells. <laughs> Maybe I ought to. Bail yourself out. But, but what, okay... However, forget all that. <laughs> what it does, what they're not taking into account is all of the other purchases that happen at brick and mortar. And things like food, auto, beverages, those kinds of things, brick and mortar is still a much larger piece of the pie outside of just general merchandise. But in general merchandise, yes, brick and mortar and online sales are very, very close. That's but basically about twelve percent of all purchases, you know. But um, you know, when you when you look at all the other reasons you don't buy something online, probably I don't even know if it includes fuel, right? I mean, obviously you can't purchase fuel online. You know, uh, can I, I can mention retailers, right? Yeah. Okay. So I just came back from Tractor Supply. <clears throat> We're going on board with them. So Tractor Supply, you guys have heard of them. They've We're going to We're, we're gonna have to talk when we get off the air. Okay. So uh, you know who they are. You guys heard of them, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. One down the road So they have, they have 1,400 stores today that are opening up one store every four days for the next year. That's hmm. how fast they're growing. Why? 
because of brick and mortar, we're talking about this, you know, uh, you know, difference in uh, balancing between online and brick and mortar. So most of them focus on, of course, uh, farm feed and all those other mm -hmm. things, but they're also now expanding. So most of those stores are also in rural areas where there's not a Walmart, Kmart, Best Buy, nothing. Okay, they're in rural areas across the U.S. That's where the majority of them are opened up. But the inner city ones that you see here, uh, those are the ones that you know are supporting the locals and so forth. But I think the closest one is way up on Gratiot. Well, there's one up Romeo. in yeah. yeah, there's one in Ortonville by me. Yeah. This opened up, so uh, I'm sitting now speaking to the buyer, and let me tell you, they're doing something very interesting to to offset some of this online sales. So what they've done, and I don't know, uh, I haven't heard any other retailer going down this road yet. So uh, they have all their products in the stores are bringing electronics because they want to be able to offer that to the rural farmers who can't get to a Best Buy or anywhere to buy the products that we're going in. But what they've done is they set up kiosks. <clears throat> they set up one store has 12 kiosks and they're not large but they have 12 kiosks to take them strictly right online because if it's not in store they could go online oh, okay. and they can go ahead and purchase it online and be delivered to that store or, or to the owners or to their home where they could pick up or to be delivered to that home. Deliver, yes. You know, yeah. and now so they could they said we want to be able to battle and com combat online sales and be able to offer more. I think that's a great way to compete online. Idea. And I, my own personal experience with that is, you know, we've done a fair amount of remodel around here. And I was, you know, whether it was a... a, a a, a decorative piece like a faucet or you know building material that you know like a certain um, uh, tile or something I didn't want to buy from Amazon I didn't want to buy from house or uh, uh, Wayfair and we did some of that but what I found was I'd much rather buy from a place that had a brick-and-mortar place because then if I need to go in, return it, exchange it, whatever, it's so much easier to do. And to, to that point, like, like right. uh, uh, you know, Home, Home Depot, their online store is much larger than what they have in their brick-and-mortar. So, you know, we could order some tile, we could order some bullnose, whatever, and, oh, you know, I got more than a case than I need, I'm just going to return it. Or not even pick it up, because I don't pay right. for it until I pick it up. So, I, I, I found myself, over time, staying away from the online-only guys and just buying from, from online sellers that were connected to brick and mortar. And I, right. I think that's a really good way for brick and mortar to compete. Well, so, I mean, what was amazing is when I was speaking to the buyer at, uh, at, uh, when I had that meeting with him, he said, let me show you something. He pulled it up on the screen and goes, look, we're, we don't have large stores, but we sell tractors, supplies, and trailers. Mm -hmm. We sell things for combines. He goes, here, look at this product. It's $18,000 online purchase that if they want it, they, farmers know what they want, We'll have it delivered here, and they'll pick it up. It I'm ordering up. a Kanban. So, so for myself, but, for but it's amazing yeah. that the size said, "Wow, I didn't know those prices sell." He goes, "Tim, our store is not that big. They're being smart to keep the footprint small, yeah. the overhead small, but offer an extensive amount <laughs> of products outside what they're carrying inside yeah. the store. So, the in store is more the impulse what I need today, but they can also go online and say, "Listen, have this delivered to the store," and they said they can even buy trucks. From our line on site so and talking about that something really important 
What did you think about that? Uh, you've seen those commercials. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the commercials where you can purchase a car online, uh, the uh, online car vending machine. Yeah, you've I don't. You've seen those things? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's another, that's another example that I will never purchase a car. I don't think I'd ever I purchase a car online. Until oh, I'm no. up there. So how do they see success in something like that as uh, it's possible to me? Uh, you know? I mean, it, because, you know, car purchases are so personal, personal of course. right? I mean, and, you know, we all have our own bells and whistles that we like, which features and benefits we want in the car, you know. I, I remember, you know, going to the, I don't want to sidetrack this discussion like I usually do, but um, the auto show and I, I was... I knew I needed to buy a new car, and I sat in the uh, Honda Accord, and it just did not fit me. I mean, I was like, what is going on with this? It was like there's this huge gap between, like, my lap and the steering wheel, and I moved the seat up, and it's still not fitting right, you know? And and I even brought over some friends. I'm like, does this look like it fits me? And like, no, you know? <laughs> uh, like, it looks weird. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm adjusting the seat and everything. I can't get it. Was it a fit or was it just you that looked weird? I, 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 just me, I guess, okay. you, know? you know? Maybe it was my hat that was shaped like a cactus that made me look weird. That would yeah. do it. No, that, that's But also, true. you know, you could segue into tariffs because it's uh, oh. a... That's affecting our business a lot, too. <laughs> That's in our front half. Yeah. Yeah. No, tariffs do affect our business. No, oh, yeah. no, yeah. no question about it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, Tinny and I are both in the uh, consumer electronics market. And uh, uh, we don't get as many products from uh, China as, as China? you do. <laughs> China. 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 Yeah. But another stat that I, I dug out here uh, was the growth rate. And again, it doesn't really bode well that that well for for brick and mortar. Is online is still growing at fifteen percent a clip mm-hmm. uh, a year, and brick and mortar about one point nine. Mm. So even though you know overall all sales all combined, brick and mortar still dominates when you think about everything you need to buy. You, you know the, the grocery store, but see. But groceries changing too. You may not be really feel like you're buying online, but you can jump online and pick out all your groceries from Walmart or Target well, you know or Amazon or, or, food. or Amazon, and then is the largest get it delivered. Online, uh, yeah, so yeah. Amazon has another entity of Amazon. Yeah, uh, I forgot the name of their uh, food delivery. That's the largest in the world, mm-hmm. and they are that's growing. Tremendously. Yeah. So uh, their food uh, suit, that's why they bought Whole Foods and a couple other companies are acquisitioning. But Amazon also opened up a retail store in Manhattan to test. So how many do they, because they have one in in Northern California. Do they now? Yeah. Okay. I know they opened yeah. the New York one, but it's all online. You I think that was their second one. Yeah. So you can walk out into their showroom. Yeah. And they pick the top selling yeah. pieces. They show it, but you can go on, on, on Amazon right there and order what you want. But that's what I thought Best Buy was going to lean towards. They were for a while. You know, put all kiosks in front of every product and say, order, order, order. Just have a small footprint of stores. No, Best Buy is still kind of going towards the buy it at the store level. That's where they're still putting their their, their eggs in that basket. I know. I don't know if it's the the best idea, but that's that's still where they're leaning. Well, the store count has gone down, so. Um, Yeah. Stock is strong. Yeah. Oh no, they're still the only. Well, listen, the only. I know because I sold mine. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so after after Circuit City shut down and a few other and all the some of the regionals, that's all you got is Best Buy. That's why they're getting all the traffic. When you uh, when you killed your competition, but, but but it has not been easy for them. No, of course not. It has not been easy. For and them. and not only that, it's not easy for the vendors. Yeah. You're not making any money there. You're not. Margins are tight. Oh, we sell products to them, and we just renegotiated the contract. And because of this increase of China products tariffs, China, I have to eat those. They won't budge to. They said we're not saving, we're not pushing it on. We're keeping the same price. You eat it. I said well. I'm only making. Yeah, whatever, whatever. whatever. You're not the divulge. Yeah, what I'm, I'm making this much. That doesn't even cover. I said I'll be making zero. He goes, yeah. that's not my problem. <laughs> I said, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. that's where we as a vendor right. got to go. We're pulling out. Oh, we're pulling our products out. Some of them we did. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. No, we lost use at Micro Center over that. Yeah. So yeah. stuff we could do. Yeah. All right. So anything else to add there, uh, Fred? On. Your online shopping experiences. Oh, I do have one more thing to add. Hmm. Kind of not on the business side. I have one beef about online shopping, and it's a major <clears throat> beef. It is not ecologically friendly. I think online shopping, the amount of packing material that you get, <laughs> the amount of garbage that online shopping creates drives me bonkers. Yep. I take the recycling out every week. And guess what's in that recycling? Packaging material of crap that somehow was, you know, sent to us. Popcorn and... You know, yeah, boxes, boxes and boxes and boxes. I don't think it is as big as you think it is, though. It's big in this house. Uh, Incinerator. Well, that's what she said and Potoms up. (laughs) (laughs) There's your show title right there. (laughs) So why don't you think think it's as big as what, what... I've seen the amount of packaging that comes into the large stores, and it, there's a ton of boxes of packing materials there, too. But if you're packing 60 versus packing one... I'm just saying I don't think it, it is as much as you think it is. All right. Because I, I get that. I mean, my company, we like I said, we ship the brick and mortar. I mean, and we also do fulfillment. And so, you know, if we, we'll send a onesie out to somebody, and, and we sell a master case of 48 to somebody. Right. But that's 48 times on the onesie versus, mm-hmm. you know, a master case of, of one. And I just, when I think about waste and garbage, I, I, yes, I'm sure there's lots of stats I could look up. But anecdotally, when I'm hauling out the recycling every, every week, most of it, a big, big portion of it is packaging. And a big portion of that is packaging mm. of packaged goods that we had shipped here. Because we are a household that does a lot of online shopping, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's me and Pop-Tart or, uh, you know, our kids, you know, I've, I've there's usually a package, uh, two or three packages upstairs. How many warehouses does each type go to, you know, online versus a brick and mortar? You know, does it, like, brick and mortar is going to have a local warehouse that then goes to the store, customer has to drive to that store to pick it up versus... Amazon to where it would go from manufacturer to their warehouse directly to a home. You know, how many hops does a package yeah. take? That's interesting. So, so what, what, what are you saying? It's more or less I, where? I think it balances out in the long run. Okay. But I don't have any proof. Okay. Potoms up. <laughs> Fred, Fred is checked out. All right. 
Bottoms up. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Out. Right. Out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you're here. Politics. Bottoms up.